2: the answer it is indeed the bob france authority as we begin at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this friday morning the 19th morning of the month of october in the year of our lord 2018 thank you so much for joining us we are going to be swimming in gyms in the first hour of the uh, program this morning coming up in just a few minutes congressman jim jordan will be joining us to talk about the latest on the department of justice chicanery And there's really, that's really all that I can call it. It's chicanery, it's duplicity, it's deception, it's, it's so much more. Rod Rosenstein is leading that department essentially in the absence, uh, quite, quite honestly, the absence of, uh, of Attorney General Jeff Sessions and the investigation into so much of the malfeasance, if you will, uh, from that department as it pertains to the Russian investigation, as it pertains to the Hillary investigation, and so on and so forth. It's just getting worse. And Congressman Jim Jordan is going to be joining us to talk about this. Rob Rosenstein, by the way, interviewed with the Wall Street Journal. He did an interview explaining everything about the Mueller investigation, that it's appropriate and independent to the Wall Street Journal. But last week when he was supposed to testify before Congress, before a committee, he was a no-show. So he'll talk to the Journal the Wall Street Journal, you will not talk to the, uh, to the Congress. That's a bit of a problem. Meanwhile, Fusing GPS's G- uh, Glenn Simpson uh, pleaded the fifth when he was called before Congress and would not testify. There is so much corruption, if you will. At some of the highest levels of the Department of Justice, going back to the Obama administration years, we are trying so hard to get to the bottom of it, bottom of it, and we are getting nowhere. Uh, so Jim Jordan is, uh, is all over this. He is, uh, is trying, and so is Mark Meadows, chairman of the Freedom Caucus there, trying so hard to shine a spotlight on this. Glenn Simpson Fusion GPS pled the fifth on Capitol Hill, or pleaded, if you will. Uh, he obviously believes he has criminal liability or else he would not be doing that in this circumstance. So this is uh, just continuing to get deeper and deeper and deeper. Here's a little summary. The Clinton campaign hired Perkins Coey. Perkins Coey hired Glenn Simpson. Glenn Simpson hired Chris Steele and Nellie Orr. Uh, Steele funneled fake news dossier to Nellie's husband, Bruce Orr. Bruce gave it to the FBI, and the FBI used it to spy on the president's campaign in 2016. And today, Glenn Simpson took the fifth. That's a huge huge situation. And so uh we're going to talk about that coming up with Jim Jordan. Then I mentioned we are uh over overflowing with Jim's today. That's because it's Friday and we always speak with Congressman Jim Renacci uh, coming up at about 9:35. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, so because Congressman Renacci just had his first debate this past Sunday. You may be, maybe you watched it on C-SPAN with uh, Sherrod Brown, and uh, debate number two is coming up quick. So uh, we're going to talk to Jim Jordan coming up here in a few, and then we are going to talk to Jim Renacci at uh, the bottom of the hour, shortly after the bottom of the hour. So we're looking forward to those conversations. Meanwhile, other news, obviously, we continue to focus on Democrat violence. Why? Because Democrats continue to commit violence, mob violence. And last night, the president at another rally, essentially said it, what many of us have been saying for a long time should be the mantra, uh, jobs, not mobs. president said at his rally, guess what? The Democrats bring you mobs. The Republicans bring you jobs. It is accurate, and it is 100% preventable. If Democrats would step up and speak out, and condemn the mob violence being committed by Antifa and by uh, other organizations who are inspired by the language of the Maxine Waters and the Cory Bookers and the Hillary Clintons of the world. Uh it is about uh, jobs not mobs and the president addressed that last night. And I'm told we do have Congressman Jordan on the line now so let's get right to it without further ado. Congressman Jim Jordan Ohio's 4th congressional hey. district uh, uh congressional district representative. Good morning, sir.
0: Hey Bob Highland. sorry sorry we missed you earlier in the week, but good to be with you today.
2: Yeah, it's good to have you uh, as always. Thank you so much for coming and on. Yeah, but, and,
0: and Bob, they'll, remember they'll, they'll be civil when they win, right? When they win, then they'll be civil. Yeah, they that's win. yeah,
2: that's, really that's what Hillary said. Yeah, as long as we when, win, and, and until we win, uh, don't expect any civility. I mean, it's a it's when, staggering.
0: When have you when have you ever seen the Democrat Party and the left take the the extreme positions they have taken? I would argue the most extreme position, uh, positions in American history. And, and I said this, maybe I said this last week on the show, but, but, you know, applaud Kaepernick when he disrespects the flag. Embrace Cuomo when he goes around saying America was never that great. Cheer on Maxine Waters when she says go harass anyone who supports the president. And then you have Eric Holder for good measure saying, oh, kick them when they're down. And then you have Clinton saying, oh, we, we might be civil later if, if we actually – this is, this is now the level the left has taken us to. And it is, it is dark and it is scary.
2: You gotta add one to that list there uh, after uh, what was it Wednesday's performance by uh, Tim Kane uh saying we need to fight this out in the streets. You know, yeah. he literally said fight it in the streets. I mean, I don't know about you, but that sounds exactly like what is being what is happening. We have Republican uh, Republican supporters, Republican elected officials and others literally being attacked by mobs in, uh, in 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 streets around this country, not just in places like Portland, where it's just off the chain, but yeah, but it's happening everywhere. Exactly. And, uh, and and they don't seem to be pulling back on it. This, this is so preventable, yeah. isn't it, Congressman? If Democrats at the highest levels would step up, if if if. Just say Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi were to stand up and say, we are calling on all people of all parties to tone down the rhetoric and for goodness sakes, yes. never should violence and intimidation be used to make your point If they would step up and condemn this, maybe some of their minions who marched you know at their orders would listen instead they are allowing no. it to continue unabated
0: yep and and you know leadership does that leadership does that if you're in if you're a leader in the political world you should step up and do that that's 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 part of your obligation i think as as someone who gets the privilege of serving for example in the united states congress or the united states senate so no it is it is a it is a uh, unfortunate time the division out there and they just keep Fostering, as, as the president said, this this mob mentality, and it's, yep. it's not healthy for the country.
2: I'll give credit to one place. Michelle Obama, in an interview, said something about uh, about this, and she called for an end to this hostility, this violence, and this type of uh, rhetoric. I, I don't know where yep. her husband is. I don't know where the former president is, maybe, because they still revere him. Maybe he, if he actually stood up on stage and gar- grabbed a microphone and, and, and told a television audience, hey, knock it off. No more violence. Stop harassing Republicans out of restaurants, throwing things at them in the streets, and so on.
0: Yeah, and 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 some of the and some of the ugly language that's being used. If you, what Farrakhan said yesterday—the anti-Semitic language—that is terrible. Uh, so that should be condemned as well. That kind of language, and then this this, as as Senator Kane said, uh, you know, this fighting in the street, This this former attorney general. I mean, think about it. the former attorney general, the head of the law enforcement agency of the United States government, is saying kick them when they're down. That that is that is. That is just not, not right. So, again, it underscores what's at stake in this election. The radical positions of the left, where they want to take the country, versus the record under President Trump. Uh, and we've talked about this before, but, it, but it's truly amazing. Regulations reduced, taxes cut, economy growing at 4.2%, lowest unemployment in 40-some years, Gorsuch Kavanaugh on the court out of the Iran deal, embassy in Jerusalem, hostages home from North Korea, new NAFTA deal. Th- that's the choice here. So and that's why you gotta, we got to elect Republicans up and down the ticket, in my judgment, from, from you know, Mike DeWine, the governor, right down the list, Dave Joyce, up there in, in, uh, in, in Northeast Ohio, and, and he's got to win. We have some good candidates that um, – that's what's at stake in this election, plain and simple.
2: Yeah, I com- completely agree. That's fine. I was going to ask you about the midterms and your thoughts on this, but I think you just answered it pretty well. It is crucial, and I still implore people, uh, and I'll do it every day, not to wait until November 6th. Uh, vote now. Vote now early. Get to your yep. board, uh, local board of elections, and vote early while you st- this is still all fresh in your mind. Vote while you are still angry yep. and you realize that you cannot reward the Dems for this absolutely reprehensible behavior. It is antisocial, reprehensible behavior. Um, sure. Let's move on. Let's move on to the DOJ, uh, Congressman. You You tweeted... Yeah. Uh, two days ago, uh, Clinton campaign hires Perkins Coey. Perkins Coey hires Glenn Simpson. Glenn Simpson hires Christopher Steele and Nellie Orr. Christopher Steele funnels that fake news dossier to Nellie's husband Bruce Orr, who then gives it to the FBI, who uses it to, to uh, get a FISA warrant to to um, uh, spy on the president's campaign. And then Glenn Simpson, yep. when asked about it, took the fifth. What's going on?
0: Yep. No, I mean, th- th- that's as simple a version as I could summarize this whole sordid ordeal uh, and What the, what happened at the top level of the FBI and the DOJ, that's as simple as way I could put it. But when when you take the fifth, when you take the fifth, you do so because you believe there is criminal liability there. You don't take the fifth just willy-nilly. I mean, if you do, and you, then, you, and then you're just obstructing a congressional investigation, and that's a problem, too. So you take the fifth because you believe you face some criminal liability and you think that's in your best interest, and that's fine. You're allowed to under our Constitution, and I'm, I'm glad that's there. But that's what Glenn Simpson did. He was at the middle of all of this. We now today in just a, just an hour we're going to we're going to be asking his Nellie uh, Orr question, who worked for Glenn Simpson. So I'm looking forward to that. And we got I got a lot of questions I'm going to ask her in this deposition. But for that guy to take the fifth, it just shows you that, that, that what what took place here was as wrong as it possibly can be, and is never supposed to happen in a country, uh, you know, the greatest country in the world, the United States of America.
2: I would imagine you do have a lot of questions for Nellie Orr. I would also imagine you have more questions for Rod Rosenstein, but apparently he doesn't want to show up to answer those. Instead, he sits down with the Wall Street Journal uh, to give an interview. Um, what, yeah. what, is the, what does that say? I mean, he, he does not want... I, I, this is the man. By the way, tell me also, Congressman, while you answer that question, what else are you waiting for from the DOJ that you are absolutely entitled to by law uh, on this House committee? The DOJ is not providing you, and the DOJ, of course, is being run not by Jeff Sessions but by Rod Rosenstein.
0: No, you're exactly right. The the The, the McCabe memos that were subpoenaed, Mr. Rosenstein's August second, 2017 memo where he changed the scope of the Mueller investigation. He, that's all redacted. He won't show that to us. The Carter Page FISA, the Bruce Orr 302s, the James Baker 302s, materials provided to the Gang of Eight. These are the top people in the, in the Congress that get a uh, intelligence briefing. And we also would like to know how many other FISA applications. You don't have to show us the other FISA applications. I'd like to know how many other FISA applications were done in the Russian investigation, if, if any. But I think there are probably were some more done. So all that information we would like... Rod Rosenstein won't give it to us. And then he was a no-show a week ago ago when when he was supposed to come in and answer our question. But as you point out, he had time to do a sit-down interview with the Wall Street Journal. So as I said, translation, he's got time for media spin justifying what he called the appropriate and independent Mueller investigation. Think about that, appropriate and independent Mueller investigation. He's got time to go talk about that, but not time to come answer our question about the fact that we now know that he actually said in a serious fashion that he was interested in recording the president of the United States, and there was talk about invoking the 25th Amendment and removing the president from office. And he won't come answer our question. So they scheduled to maybe come in next week, I've heard. There's been a, a press report that he's coming in next week, and I think that's been scheduled for next Wednesday. But my understanding is that's going to be closed door classified setting, and that's that's not how it should be done. so uh, but he didn't show before and he had time for the press
2: and I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If he comes in next week, he's got to bounce that off his schedule, who's scheduling more uh, uh, newspaper interviews, probably. Uh, no, no in, all, in all seriousness, it is um, it is, it is laughable that that the man essentially running the DOJ in the absence of Attorney General Sessions who recused himself from all of this stuff is not making himself accessible to a congressional body that is absolutely entitled to everything, including not only what he knows uh, by way of testimony, but to provide all of the documentation that you have been requesting, and they continue to stonewall you. On uh, it is yeah. it is Wait. criminal, literally criminal, and it's figuratively criminal as well that somebody would do that.
0: No, Go ahead. Bob, you're, you're yeah. No, I was just saying you're exactly right. When a committee of the United States Congress that has jurisdiction over a federal agency, so here's the Judiciary Committee which has jurisdiction over the Justice Department. When that committee head asked the head of the agency to come testify, that person is obligated to appear, and he's obligated to appear and do it under oath. Plain and simple. That's how our checks and balances work in this system. He doesn't get to set the parameters. He doesn't get to say, oh, no, no, I'm not coming. I'll come when I want to. It'll be done this way. That's not how it works if you have a true system that is focused on checks and balances and focused on liberty. It doesn't work that way. So this is, this is the typical swamp reaction here versus doing it the way the founders laid it out in the
2: Constitution uh congressman jordan let me ask you what you your thoughts are on uh, robert Mueller, who has said uh, essentially they're going to present their findings or at least the bulk of them the most important findings i don't think he says we're wrapping the entire investigation yet but he is ready to present the 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 bulk of the findings right after the election
0: well i mean fine I, i i sort of think you know we've been at this what now year and a half And to date, not one bit of evidence, not one single bit of evidence that shows any type of coordination between the Trump campaign and Russia to impact the election. And you've said it, and I've said it many times before. We know for sure the Clinton campaign worked with the Russians because they hired the law firm, who hired Glenn Simpson at Fusion, who hired a foreigner. Never forget, they hired a foreigner, Christopher Steele, who went and communicated with Russians to put together a fake document that they used to go spy on the Trump campaign. So that's collusion if I've ever seen it. But nothing about the so we'll see what his report says. And he's going to talk about these, well, you know, these people who have faced convictions and, and have been and have been charged on things unrelated to what he was supposed to be looking at. Exactly. So well, I'm sure we'll hear about that. But but you know, well, I look forward to seeing it.
2: I, I'm wondering the reason I asked about the timing of it. Um, I, I kind of tend to believe what you just said is true. They have, we have seen exactly zero evidence of collusion with the Russians or coordinated with coordination with the Russians. And that's why he's waiting until after the election to yeah. present those findings. If he presented them now, it's going to be a massive shot in the arm for the Trump administration and for Republicans when this entire, you know, what, what, about 18 months, 18 months of an investigation into collusion that didn't happen is proven to have not happened. And they want people yeah. to vote wondering rather than knowing that it didn't happen.
0: Yes, and if there was any evidence of some type of collusion, don't you think with all those Democrats working for Mueller, don't you think some of that would have leaked out already? Absolutely. Here we are 18 days before an election. So you're exactly right, Bob. I mean, I think a logical person and someone with some common sense would conclude exactly what you just concluded. Like, there's probably nothing there. Because we certainly haven't seen any evidence of anything being there
2: right and and again, anything negative about this administration has been leaked for crying out loud, so yes, if there was something yeah. there, this would have been released to the Washington Post or somebody by this point in time. Congressman, I've only got sixty seconds left. Give me sixty seconds of your thoughts on this caravan. The president has told Honduras, you let these people keep coming, not a nickel of aid comes to your country anymore, and according to uh, uh the Mexican government, they have sent five hundred of their uh, uh uh i don't know if it's military or police to head this head this group off before they get to the northern border there border our southern border yeah. so it looks like the president's relationship with mexico is such that they recognize they better do this or perhaps the new trade deal is in uh, is in jeopardy
0: no i mean this is the president keeping his word i mean this was a central issue maybe the most central issue of the 2016 campaign about getting control of our border securing our border we've got to get the border security wall built we've talked about that many times so this is the president saying look we're not going to stand for this and and i actually feel for the, the, particularly the women and children who are part of this caravan, and I think are being used many times. I, I think this is done for some, some, of the, some political uh, focus as well. So this is um, – the president is right. Every sovereign nation has a right to control their borders, and the president is serious about this, and I applaud him for being serious about this.
2: I, I, do as well. And I, and I sincerely hope that the Mexican government is successful in heading them off before they all get to our border and start using the code words they've all been coached to say, asking for asylum and thus being able to be caught mm-hmm. and released. Otherwise, they have to be held in detention centers. And we know what that, it looks like, uh, because of the way it was, uh, was attacked over the summer. Uh, Congressman Jordan, I appreciate you coming back in. Good luck with Nellie Orr bet. today. I look forward to catching. Are we going to talk again on Monday so we can talk about what happens today? Can yeah. We I, do think that?
0: I think we're, yeah, I think we're scheduled Monday. I think we are. Sounds Looking good.
2: Co- to it. Congressman, thank you so much Thanks. for the time. That's uh, Jim Jordan. I did not get a chance to talk to him Monday as I was off the air uh, yeah, with appointments. Peter Kirst now sat in and he did talk to him, but uh, really glad to be able to catch up with him. Let's catch up on our traffic and uh, come back right after this on AM 1420 The Answer. Oh,
1: Diane's backseat of Jackie's car. attention
0: social justice warriors if you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears
2: won't be offended this isn't it this is the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer now i don't know if this was planned or not samuel lockhart running the show uh, but uh, if it was well done, good sir, <laughs> we got we got debate number two between Congressman Jim Renacci and Senator Sherrod Brown coming up tomorrow. Uh, and yes, I think "Shout" is an appropriate song to bring that in uh, because uh, there was a bit of shouting in debate number one this past Sunday. It got very heated at times as Congressman Renacci uh, tried to uh, poke holes in the record of Sherrod Brown, uh, both as a senator in many cases, an absentee senator when it comes to serving his constituents. And Sherrod Brown tried to uh, defend against all of those things while attacking Jim Renacci, Uh as he has continued to do on, uh, on television ads, uh, calling him a tax cheat and uh, just about every other dirty underhanded trick that I think I've seen in in politics. Debate number two is tomorrow. It will be interesting to see how. Uh, that goes after the first round. And uh, I'm told Congressman Renese is on the line now, so let's bring him in for his regular Friday appointment. Congressman Jim Renese, thanks for the time. Good, sir. How are you?
3: Good, Bob. How are you this morning?
2: I am fine, thank you. Appreciate you uh, coming on, as always. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you in a more lengthy uh, forum next week. I know you've got a big forum tomorrow night, but we're going to bring you on uh, for a full hour next week and have you take calls from voters, constituents, and uh, concerned Ohioans about how they're being represented by Sherrod Brown. So we'll, we'll obviously schedule that up and uh, look forward to that. Uh, but as for today... Uh, I wanted to start with just your impression of how things went uh, last Sunday in debate number one and and how you plan to prepare for tomorrow's second debate, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock.
3: Well, look, I thought it went well. I tried to uh, definitely say the differences, many of the differences between myself and Sherrod Brown. I tried to make sure people were aware that he loves Washington and Chuck Schumer more than he does representing the state of Ohio. Uh, the goal is to get press out of those debates that uh, that, uh, that you can see the line and the tagline, and I was happy to see that the tagline in almost every article and every press statement was that Sherrod Brown loves Washington and Chuck Schumer more than he does representing the state of Ohio. That's exactly what I want people to remember out of the first debate. The second debate, of course, will be different. Uh, we're going to change the uh, approach to it, but... Every debate, you try and de- deliver a message, and that was the message I wanted to deliver. I know, Bob, there are probably listeners out there that says you should have ripped the bark off of them. You should do this. You should do that. And in the end, um, you have to answer the questions, which I did, and then you have to be able to respond accordingly, uh, which I tried to do. And uh, I felt comfortable. Look. It's great when you're up there and you know that you're up there for a purpose and you know that you're not just up there to be a United States senator, you're up there to make a difference. So that's the feeling I have when I'm standing on stage versus uh, somebody who's really a career politician who just wants to be there. And uh, I was glad to get underneath Sher Brown's skin a few times uh, uh, when it came to some of the comments I made.
2: Um, Congressman, last time we spoke, you mentioned that it costs roughly $2 million a week for for big ad buys, television ad buys. Uh, and that is certainly something that uh, Sherrod Brown, who is rife with cash from what I believe to be a lot of special interest groups. That's what he's been willing to spend. And you're right when you say people want to see you strip, uh, rip the bark off of him because he's saying some terrible things about you in those ads. And we're not just talking about pack ads. We're talking about Sherrod Brown endorsed ads where he says he approves this message. Things like calling you a tax cheat. And I know there's a lot of voters who are absolutely Renese voters. Uh, you don't have to worry about convincing them, but they want you to convince other people by responding to those with some force. So I know, you know, it's not a deb- debate stage, but but you know, right now, it's got a big picture of you, and it says "busted." Jim Renacci got caught. You pay your taxes. How come he doesn't pay his taxes? I think they do want to hear you respond forcefully to that, so I'll give you a chance to kind of explain that uh, right now.
3: Well, Bob, I will tell you this: anytime you're explaining an ad, you're losing, uh, and that's one of the reasons why we don't do it. Those those ads were the same ads run in 2010 and 2012 against me. Look, I pilled my taxes. So can you technically say Jim didn't pay his taxes? Yes, you can. I killed him for 12 years. I went to the Ohio Supreme Court and won. All right? So that's how simple that is. If people would, and I realize they don't, if you read the papers, even when that ad came out, because it came out right after the primary, mm-hmm. the dispatch, the uh, the Plain dealer, and the inquirer all said, this ad is false and misleading. So we even had the papers coming out and saying it, and uh, and Sherrod Brown brought it down for a little bit and then put it back up again yep. because he's got enough money to continue to do that. So let's face it. Uh, the, the goal of Sherrod Brown is to take $2 million a week and spend it. I mean, let's look at politics. The Republicans most most likely going to vote for me. Maybe some aren't. The Democrats are not going to vote for me. And all the people in the middle, the independents, don't know me, so Sherrod Brown's trying to say Jim Renese, uh didn't pay his taxes. Well, technically, Jim Renacci didn't pay his taxes because he appealed them, and he appealed them for over twelve years because it was a retroactive tax adjustment. And what most Ohioans should be happy with is that, that I fought the, the, the state government. That was a state tax issue, and I fought the state. In fact, I fought it with a thousand other people. And by the time I won in the Supreme Court, 999 other people had gone, settled, and left. And I was the only one left. But but people should be happy that if they send me to Washington, I'm going to be that fighter who fights all the way to the end and doesn't give up, especially when it's a principle.
2: I love every word you just said. Every word you just said, and I respect you. I'm not a ca- I'm not a politician. I've never run a political campaign. I've never managed one either. So please take this, you know, for what it's worth. I'm an outsider looking on. Uh, so when you say that when you're explaining again, away ads, you're losing, I believe you. However, I will say that I was just inspired by what you said, and I feel like that needs to be said on a stage in front of Sherrod Brown saying he is running a lying, dishonest ad saying I didn't pay my taxes. What I did is appeal my taxes, and I did it for a reason because I was right and I won uh, in the Ohio uh, Supreme Court. So I I just feel like maybe people need to hear that to get some of those moderates you mentioned in the middle who don't know you, who may be influenced by those negative million dollar Brown ads calling you a tax cheat. I think they need to Hear that? That's just my opinion. Again, I'm not a politician.
3: Well, neither am I. But uh, I've learned this over the last seven <laughs> years. That's why I say I've, yeah. I think I've got a good lesson. I think about think about the reverse. When I say that Jared Brown um, has an, a, a domestic abuse situation in his first marriage, and how he comes back and says that's a lie, that's horrible, that's a lie. When he 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 brushes it off without going into the details because he knows he's got problems if he goes into the details. Now, here's a career politician that realizes the best thing to just say is bounce and move off of it and try and change the subject, and that's what's so disheartening because there's an example of a situation where, as I travel the state, most people were not aware that uh, he, had an, uh, um, uh, a, he had document after document after document of abuse with his first wife, uh, you know, f- failed to pay child support. I mean, this is all in court records, so I'm not saying anything that anybody couldn't find. But as I travel the state, people say, well, I didn't know that. And then you got the press who says, well, that was was talked about years ago. Well, you know, Bob, I've been in Ohio 35 years, and I didn't know it until actually the Kavanaugh hearing and the Me Too movement came out, and I started to get people saying to me, hey, here's an issue. So I do agree. This is the problem with politics. I would love nothing better than stand up on a stage and say, here's my background. Sherrod Brown, you tell them your background, and let's go. But it doesn't work that way.
2: Yeah, we're talking to Congressman Jim Renacy, and we're talking about his first debate against uh, Sherrod Brown. And yeah, that did come up, obviously, as I expected it would. And he tried to shame you into even discussing it. I find it hilarious. Well, not hilarious. That would indicate humor. I find it uh, shocking, quite frankly, that he, a, a member of the party who, who believed in Christine Ford, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, with zero evidence whatsoever, and tried to stop, and he voted against, of course, in the full Senate vote against Brett Kavanaugh, tried to stop him from taking his spot on the Supreme Court without any evidence whatsoever that he would then shame you and others for bringing up something for which there is evidence signed sworn under penalty of law affidavits by his ex-wife that he did abuse her then uh, a seven count restraining order placed against him again because of the evidence uh, of the abuse and then as you said unpaid uh, child support as well these things are documented and he's a guy who wanted to hang Brett Kavanaugh figuratively speaking uh from a yard arm for something for which there was no evidence and meanwhile he's he's pretending that the evidence against him doesn't exist
3: well absolutely and again it's the hypocrisy of the left it's the hypocrisy of the kavanaugh trial i mean look some of this stuff uh came out you know the 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 whole senator brown abuse stuff came out of the me too movement because of the kavanaugh issue they they started then they don't want to finish it and then this me too group comes out which I was, didn't even know it was the, out there that was not affiliated with the campaign and says Sherrod Brown, you know, abused his wife. And then I pulled the documents and found all the documents and find say wow, this is a true story. So, uh, again, it is hypocrisy at best, but this is the way campaigns run. And, again, the, 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 I just hope your listeners understand. And I know as I travel the state, and, look, I've been in Cincinnati, Youngstown, uh, Cleveland. Uh, I, I'm going to be in Circleville. I mean, I'm all over this state. And uh, I, everybody comes up and says, you should do this and you should do that. And the answer is, I just got in this race seven months ago because Josh Mandel stepped down. Um, I had to start a campaign from ground zero against a U.S. Senate candidate who had already raised $21 million or $20 million. He had close to $12 million in the bank, and I was starting out with zero. And we've run a pretty effective campaign for not having the resources. Remember, if you run a Senate campaign, normally you would get in about two years ago, like Josh Mendel did, or three years ago. You'd raise money like Josh Mendel did. You'd have 8 to $10 million in your account in February or March when I got in, um, which Josh Mendel did have. And then you're ready to go forward. A lot of people don't realize that I got in in July. or um, I'm sorry, March 1st actually was the date we had our team put together. And I started with zero. And we've run a really effective campaign. And by the way, this race is at a dead heat right now. But if people don't turn, that's why I say these, these polls are a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. Don't believe the polls, the polls, the only poll that matters is November 6th. And it's going to depend on who gets out and votes.
2: You're exactly right. I remember the same thing. There were a lot of people who were, you know, uh, I believe the press was trying to discourage the Republican Trump vote in November of 2016, or actually in October leading up to the election, uh, by putting out these polls that saying it's over. It's 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 a waste of time. Why go stand in line on election day with all, at all these polling places with all of this, uh, you know, delay to cast a vote that's not even going to matter? There's no way because Hillary. Well, I feel like that's what they're trying to do here, and I know that's what the Democrats are trying to do, if not with the media's help and that is to say Sherrod Brown is uh is is whipping uh Jim Rennacy and this one's over uh and and that that discourages people from voting so I cannot say often enough don't wait till election day by the way and wait in those lines early voting is open in Ohio right now and get out there and cast your vote for Jim Rennacy and other Republicans to sh- to to show these Democrats that they cannot profit from their lies and quite frankly and if you want to speak to this congressman you know, they're, they're continuing incitement to violence. The president was right last night when he said, Democrats bring you mobs, Republicans bring you jobs. These, this mob violence being committed by liberals, uh, without any, um, uh, any, uh, Democrats leaders in leadership or anywhere else condemning this violence. It continues with their approval. We can't let them win with that behavior on election day.
3: Well, I would agree. And, again, I can't tell you how much, how important it is that we need to stand up. We need to vote. We need to get out there. We need to quit believing. I mean, Bob, I'll give you another story that's so ridiculous. Uh, Yesterday the AP reported that I did not file properly the cost of flying in a small plane around the state during the governor's race. And that uh, that started in. So we looked at that and said, well, first off, it's false. We did file. Secondly, they said I was flying around in a jet. That's false. Third, they said it costs $2,100 an hour. That's false. I was flying, flying around in a small Cessna that cost $73 an hour to fly. It cost, That Cessna is about a $75,000 uh, plane right now. Mm-hmm. And yet Sherrod Brown is driving around in a, a big Chevy Suburban, which is about a $70, $75,000 vehicle. But the hypocrisy of the left and the hypocrisy of even the media is they reported it. We told them it's false. They started to pull it down, but it's, it's already out there. It's already out there. And it's, it was a, and, and then you ask the press, how can you put that? How can, you, how can an AP writer put something like that out when it's 100% false? And the answer is crickets, crickets. So this is the problem that I'm hoping your listeners are starting to hear, and we've got to be willing to stand up. We've got to be willing to step up. I did it in 2010 because I was fed up with the federal government, what they were doing. And people need to realize that there are some like me who step up and get into the fight and get into the fire. And then there's others I realize that don't want to, but they at least got to stand with me. And that's what I'm hoping we're able to do this November and change the course of our country. Otherwise, the liberal left and the media wins.
2: Congressman, I'm no expert on federal election law, but um, isn't the reason... They made it mandatory for a candidate to sign off with a voice of approval on ads run by his campaign a few years ago when this changed because of all of the lies that were being told on their behalf and they had to sign their name. And I guess what I'm wondering is when I hear Sherrod Brown going back, for example, to the tax one, uh, you know, uh, calling you a tax cheat, saying you were busted and you were caught as if you had done something illegal by appealing your your tax bill. Uh, isn't there supposed to be some penalty for that? I know you can't file a lawsuit against every bad ad or every attack ad or every lying ad, dishonest ad, but, I mean, isn't there supposed to be some consequences for that? That's why they had to attach their names to them now.
3: No, the only reason you attach your name to it is so people can see who's sponsoring the ad. They don't want somebody running an ad and saying, well, where'd that come from or where'd that come from? So Cher Brown... Has to say this. Well, especially if it's, it's
2: a lie. That yeah, especially if it's a lie. That's what I mean. Because right. we got to know who to blame for the lie and the dishonesty. I mean, if they're slandering or assassinating or defaming, or it's not assassinating, excuse me, attacking a character and uh, character assassination in that way, uh, and defaming you or or someone else. I, 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 they have to know who to who to point the finger of blame and, if necessary, the finger of accountability and legal responsibility at.
3: The problem is, though, Bob, and I learned this uh, by <clears> filing <throat> a lawsuit in two thousand and ten. When you are a public figure, anybody can make an opinion of you about anything. An opinion of fact is different than a statement of fact. So I could say that, uh, for instance, I could say you are a liberal, which mm-hmm. I know you're not. And, you, and I could put an ad up and say that Bob France is a liberal. And you could say that's an absolute lie. I'm going to sue. And the answer is you can't sue because that's my opinion. That's an opinion. So say, somebody could say Jim Renese is a tax cheat. That's his opinion. It's not factually correct, but he's an opinion. What you can't do, and believe me, I've learned this now that I've been in politics for seven years, you can't say something that's a statement of fact that is false. So you can't say, you know, for instance, Jim Renese is a child molester. If you said something like that, that is a libel statement that can be sued on. So keep. that's what your listeners have to know. So people can run ads and say, Jim Renese cheated on his taxes because that's an opinion you know and and i could say you know bob french cheated on his taxes and that could be my opinion you could say well that's false but it's my opinion and i and i that's that's the difference and i learned that i think it's crazy i think we need to change the rules i don't think anybody should be able to say anything that's false but when you're a public figure you're allowed to say anything as long as it's not liable
2: well, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really a shame that that kind of dishonesty and deception can be practiced again with multi-million dollar ad buys, uh, in order to gain a political advantage. And I really hope that, uh, you're able to, uh, you know, to, 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 you know, tell the truth on those things and get as many moderates and many people who don't know who you are that don't know that that's a lie to understand that before they go and vote. Uh, Congressman, uh, good luck tomorrow night in debate number two. It's, uh, Saturday, uh, tomorrow, obviously at seven o'clock. Uh, what's the location again?
3: It's in Columbus. It'll be on, uh, I think, six or seven television stations, so your viewers should be able to pick it up. Last week, it was on C-SPAN. A lot of people didn't realize yep. that, but this week, it'll be on six or seven television local stations. Are going to pick it up all across the state.
2: Well, good luck in that debate, sir, and I look forward to talking to you at length next week. All right, thank you. Thank, you, thank you very much, Congressman Jim Renacci, joining us on AM fourteen twenty. The Answer will catch uh, catch up here with the timeout. Come right back on AM fourteen twenty. The Answer. Get up your view. terms and conditions. All right, heavy with interviews in this first hour. The good news for you, if you've been waiting and you've got something to say, is we are guest-free in the second hour. So lots of phone call opportunities for you at 216-901-0945. You might as well dial now and get yourself first up after we uh, come out of the top of the hour news break. 216 uh, 901 Either one of those gets you here. If you can't wait on hold and you want to, uh, to get your thoughts on here, you can tweet to me at uh, Radio Done Right. Well, it's France radio either way uh france radio f-r-a-n-t-z radio also radio done right on twitter and on uh, facebook it's also france radio so make sure that you uh send your messages that way yeah so you know i, I talked about it with both brown or not brown excuse me renacy who's going to be debating uh sharon brown again tomorrow uh in columbus uh, at seven o'clock so make sure you find that on a television channel near you near all of us Anyway, uh talked about it with both Renacy and Jordan, uh the two uh, uh congressional representatives that we spoke with this morning. It's it's easily preventable, uh, this Democrat call to violence, and it's simply by Democrats calling for peace, and they won't do it. Sherrod Brown won't do it. Uh Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, uh Liawatha Warren, uh they won't do it. As often as Democrats continue to call for violence and call for intimidation and harassment and rioting and fighting in the streets, yes, Tim Kaine said, take this fight to the streets. He didn't mean that figuratively. He meant it literally because it's happening in the streets. Cory Booker. um, Who else? Uh, uh, For crying out loud, all of them uh, who have called uh, 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 Eric Holder, Maxine Waters, And on down the line, all of these people who have said get out there and get violent and get physical and get aggressive and intimidate and push up on them, make them know they're not welcome here, there, or anywhere, that cannot be rewarded with electoral victories in November. And it cannot be allowed for elected officials in the Democrat Party on whose behalf these wild, radical, extremist thugs and mob members are doing this. They cannot benefit from it without calling for an end to it. You must demand that Democrats call for peace and civility. Oh, I forgot about Hillary Clinton, who, of course, literally said, after we win and take back power, then there can be civility. Until then, not so much. Get ready for a fight. For crying out loud, they're doubling down on it. They're saying, look, don't just go in and scare them out of restaurants and shout them out of restaurants. Put your fingers in their food while you're at their tables. Grab their food and distribute it to other people in the restaurant. Take it away from them. They're calling for actions that will lead to physical confrontations, and physical confrontations will lead to hospitalizations. That can't be acceptable, and it cannot be rewarded with blue votes in November. Hour number two coming around.